The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Well, greetings, pet lovers. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. Firstly, I want to thank all you who emailed, posted, and tweeted good wishes for Dr. Flex recovery. I was happy to see him last week, and he's recovering slowly and spending a lot of time with his three grand cats. That's Zeus, Dina, and Diana. He's looking forward to coming back. And for now, we will continue to have co-hosts. My co-host this week is Keith Rupnick of Radio Link's broadcast marketing. He is our affiliate marketing representative. He has a long history in radio broadcasting. So I'm really happy to have him join us today. Keith, in addition to have a history in radio, you also have a history with having dogs, correct? I do. So what's your dog breed? It's a uh, golden uh, retriever and also a Labrador retriever. Wow, both dogs. So what's the thing you like about the breeds? You know, I think the fact that they are so loyal uh, and eager to p- please uh, makes them very uh, easy to train. And once they're trained, uh, you know, they, they love doing what they're told. Yeah, I think that's true of both dogs. Now, what's the biggest hassle with both of those breeds? The um, Labrador uh, tends to want to be overprotective of the Golden Retriever. And surprisingly, the Lab is younger but has kind of assumed the alpha dog position. And so as a result, whenever somebody comes around, if somebody comes to visit at the home, uh, the golden retriever is very friendly, will want to get a lot of attention, but the lab needs to get in there also. The lab is competitive and also protective saying, you know, kind of stay away, but you know, you can pay attention to me. And they're big dogs. Now, I would think one of the biggest hassles with both of those breeds is the hair, the hair on the clothes, the hair on the furniture, the hair on the floor. Yep. We recently put in all tile floors and we quickly learned within 12 hours that we would have, you know, hairballs everywhere. So uh, we had to actually buy one of those uh, robot vacuum cleaners. And that does a pretty good job. But yeah, there's hair everywhere. There's hair everywhere. Hey, I know it. I used to have a golden retriever. I've had a few of my entire life and there's always hair. But you know what? The joy of a golden retriever is just priceless. It's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons they're used so much in commercial advertising. You know, I know that you live in Arizona and I recently read a survey from Forbes Advisor. You can find that online at Forbes in which they conducted a comprehensive survey of 10,000 dog owners. Now, here was what I found so interesting. They used 200 people in each state to analyze which state has the most conscientious pet parents. Uh, I want to give you some key takeaways of that. And I want to share what they said, Keith, about Arizona dog owners. Okay, so Washington State ranked as the number one most responsible state with dog owners. Seven out of 10 states with the most responsible dog owners are located on the East Coast. So I'm sure that's probably Massachusetts, Connecticut, you know, New York. So I thought that was interesting. Three of the five states home to the least responsible dog owners are located in the Southwest region in the U.S. What? 
Arizona ranked as the state with the least responsible dog owners. What? I know. I Maybe because there's all that political upheaval constantly in Arizona. Yes. And people are like kind of focused on that. I know you Arizona. Uh, Arizonians? What are, what are you saying? Um, zonies. Just call us Zonies. Okay. I don't do think you... that's what we're called, but you can do that. You okay. can call us Zonies. You A-Zonies. <laughs> <laughs> By a slim margin, the largest chunk of respondents reported brushing their dog's teeth on a weekly basis. Hmm. I like that because, you know, next month is Pet Dental Health Month. It's coming up in February. So let's try to get these stats changed. I want to convince you all to brush your pet's teeth more than once a week. Okay. Pet owners reported that taking their dog to the dog park as the most common form of socialization, which is really important for pet confidence, exercise, and stress. I think one of the great things about taking your dog to the dog park is that your dog has the opportunity to have dog friends as well as meet other dog parents and interact with people. And I think that's why the dog park is a great activity. And then also pet parents can sit around and drink coffee and share ideas. But the idea of the dogs and the people, I think it's good for dogs. Too many dogs sit in the backyard and that's their only playtime and they don't get to interact with dog friends. So any thoughts about uh, this information, Keith? What do you think? You know, I think here in Arizona, we have some work to do, but um, I do have a tip that I can pass along that uh, from a dog activity standpoint that we really enjoy. My wife and I will uh, get a glass of wine and we will go on a dog walk and uh, we'll meet neighbors up and down the street. So it's a chance to socialize. The dog gets some exercise. And you know what we call it? Walk, wine and woof. Walk, wine and woof. I, I really like that. And, you know, it's funny. <laughs> People who have dogs who walk their dogs get to know their neighbors. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a study done in Australia uh, about seven or eight years ago. And there's also another study it came out of university. Uh, it came out of Ohio State University. And we had the author of the study on Nicholas Pinochet. And it talked about crime in neighborhoods when when their eyes on the street from dog owners in particular, because they walk their dogs a few times a day, they kind of look out for the neighborhood. And if you have other dog owners in the neighborhood, there's a trust between everyone. So everyone shares what they see. If someone's broken into cars, if they see strange people walking around. So uh, I think it's great. Well, now, let me get that straight. Walk, wine, and woof. Let us know if you participate in walk, <laughs> wine, and woof. Send us a picture and also tell us. Uh, the dog's got to be in the picture, but tell us what kind of wine you are ah. drinking. And hopefully it's a bottle of dog wine. We'd <laughs> like to know. Okay. Well, Keith, can you give us the rundown for this week's show? Absolutely. This week on the Pet Buzz, we are sharing some cold weather tips and pet product recommendations to help you and your dog get through the winter season. The American Kennel Club Director of Agility is joining us to talk about the benefits of agility. And in Celebrity Pet Buzz, we are talking about model Heidi Klum's pet pooping problem. And... And the next time you crack your back door to let your cat outside for its daily adventure, you may want to think again. For a cat, the outdoors is filled with undesirable potential. A study by University of Maryland researchers has concluded that humans bear the primary responsibility and that these risks can be significantly reduced by keeping cats indoors. Well, joining us today is 
Daniel Herrera, lead author of the study and a PhD student in the University of Maryland's Department of Environmental Sciences and Technology. Daniel, welcome to the Pepas. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you for having me, Charlotte. You know, I live in a neighborhood with a lot of feral cats. Um, 20 years ago, they were welcome because I live near a creek, a source of water. And now it seems they're just running all over the neighborhood. And as much as I love cats, I have cats and dogs. And I'm always worried about my cats and dogs Mm -hmm. picking up something. So I'm excited uh, to have you here discussing uh, the study that you conducted. So tell us about the study, like where, how and what equipment did you use? What were the protocols? Yeah, so this study was an offshoot of a larger study that happened in Washington, D.C. a couple of years back, where we tried to count all the cats in the district, and I was on the outdoor cat team, and so we used motion-activated wildlife cameras all across the city. So we put cameras out in over 1,500 locations over that three-year period, and anytime any animal would walk in front of it, it would snap a photo, and then we'd look at that photo to identify what it was and when it was walking there and kind of what was going on. And so while it did that for every animal, we were particularly interested in free roaming domestic cats. So we got all these pictures of them across the city and used those data to analyze, try to understand patterns of where they were occurring across the city and what factors influenced that. You know, it's interesting. You say 1500 cameras, but when you think about D.C. as a whole, the um, topography there is very different depending on the different areas of the city that you're in. Daniel, can you discuss what animals, since you were specifically interested in cats, what animals did those cats come in contact with and how can it jeopardize their health? Yeah. So one thing that we found is cats have a really high probability of overlapping with raccoons. And that's for a couple of reasons. Um, but a large reason is because when people put cat food out, cats are not the only species that like to eat that. Raccoons also like to eat cat food. And so you're bringing these two species in very close proximity. Um, and that's a potential issue because rabies are a pretty common vector. Sorry, raccoons are a pretty common vector of rabies. And so we want to try to keep cats separated from raccoons so we can limit that spread of rabies. Because although you would never open your door and invite a rabid raccoon in the house, you might not necessarily know if your cat picked up rabies while it was out and then you're inviting it back into your house. And that's a potential public health risk. We need to take a commercial break and we'll be right back uh, with Daniel Herrera, a Ph.D. student uh, in the University of Maryland's Department of Environmental Sciences and Technology, discussing the importance of keeping cats indoors. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. A Rottweiler named Whiskey with hours to live brought back to full health. A terrier named Snoopy, paralyzed in all four legs, who ran and played again within months. These dogs are known as Marty's Miracles. Dogs brought back to health by Dr. Marty Goldstein. I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild. Called the Miracle Worker by Forbes Magazine, he's now created a premium dog food for you called 
Nature's Blend. It's the easiest way to support your dog's easy digestion, nourished skin, playful energy, and most importantly, their healthy, full life. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get free premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511. I'm so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. You'd never knowingly feed your pup mystery meat or spoiled grocery store food. So why are those some of the most common protein sources in kibble today? Yep, the dog food ingredient, meat meal, can be made of spoiled supermarket meat and packing plant scraps. I'm veterinarian Dr. Marty Goldstein. Your dog needs a biologically appropriate diet similar to what they would eat in the wild. That's why I developed Nature's Blend, a freeze-dried raw food made with premium cuts of meat, omega-3 rich seeds, and superfood veggies and fruit. Bailey is 12 years old. He has been on your food for nine bags now. Nature's Blend is pantry safe and has zero artificial preservatives, additives, filler, or meat meal. He's got more energy, able to run around and play when our grandson comes. For a limited time, save 54% off Nature's Blend and receive a free pack of premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. I can't thank you enough. He's 12 and I'm enjoying every day with him. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text stop to opt out. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Flackman. Well, let's kick off this segment with Celebrity Pet Buzz before returning to our first guest talking about the dangers to you and your indoor cats if you let them outdoors. What does model Heidi Klum need to do to get her dogs from stop pooping all over the house? And now, the latest news about celebrities and their pets. It's obsession. Aren't they cute? What's the name? What's the name? Last week on singer Jennifer Hudson's talk show, Heidi Klum explained that she recently surprised her husband with two German short-haired pointer puppies named Yushi and Jaeger after their previous family dog died. She told Hudson that the two puppies are pooping all over the house. The model explained that she is using gates to keep the dog's movement in check. Unfortunately, Heidi, gates can help, but you really need to have a planned feeding, watering, and housebreaking schedule to get these dogs to poop in the appropriate place, which is outdoors. So check with the Association of Professional Dog Trainers. Their website is apdt.com to find a reputable trainer near you. A good trainer can help you solve your housebreaking problems by using crates, as well as also suggesting you hire dog walkers if you and your husband are too busy to follow the schedule. Good luck. Oh, and lastly, you need to find a good carpet cleaner. We're back with Daniel Herrera, lead author of the study and a PhD student at University of Maryland. And we're talking about how indoor cats are affecting wildlife. Daniel, I noticed in the study or in an interview, you said something along the lines of distribution of cats is largely driven by humans rather than natural factors. What did you mean by that? Yeah. So what I meant by that is that cats tend to have positive associations with human development uh, that are stronger than or just as strong as the associations they have with uh, what we would traditionally think of as habitat characteristics like vegetation or access to open water. And so what we can conclude from that relationship is that if we're only seeing cats or we're seeing cats the most where we see large um, 
human infrastructure and, and large populations of humans, more likely than not, uh, it is the human population that's facilitating these, these cat populations rather than natural factors. And so one place that we see that especially is in cities. Um, if you think about the number of cats you might see in your neighborhood, it's likely greater than the number of wild animals, you know, any other species you can think of uh, that you would see if you went for a walk in the woods or in your local park. And the reason for that is people put out cat food. And when cats have that food provided for them and they are no longer needing to go out and hunt for food, uh, their territories can shrink. They become less territorial. And the result of that is you end up having fewer fights between individuals because that territoriality declines. You end up having artificially high populations of cats because that density is able to be so much greater. And so we end up seeing far more cats on the landscape than would be otherwise possible if humans weren't caring for them. And so as we look around, perhaps you look out and you say, there are just so many cats here. There are too many cats here. Uh, it's not necessarily the cat's fault. Cats are doing just what cats do, what any animal would do. Uh, it is more our fault. This is a human-driven problem uh, because we're the ones supporting these populations and enabling them to reach such high densities on the landscape. Expand upon that in regard to feral cats and how we can limit their ability to transmit disease. Yeah. So feral cats, it's tough because you can keep your own cat inside, right? You're That's how you're keeping your cat from uh, getting into all these issues. But a feral cat is a little bit more of a sticky situation in that it's not necessarily any one person's cat and it doesn't have a home to be kept inside. So there are several different methods that we can use to try to reduce the, the population. And really there is no one size fits all uh, management technique. In some places, culling is the best technique. In other places, TNR might be the best technique. But from the get-go, the best thing we can do to try to reduce these populations is to, to stop putting cats on the landscape. So keeping your own cat inside, especially if you don't spay or neuter your own cats, you don't want them going out and uh, contributing to that population growth. And we don't want to, uh, for lack of better terms, dump cats outside. So some people, when they're moving, they can't bring their cat. They just go put it on the alley uh, because they know somebody will take care of it. We don't want to do that. If you see a kitten outside, bring that inside, bring it to your local shelter. Try to take any measure we can to keep cats from becoming adults on the street. Get them in a loving home instead. It's going to be a better situation for the cat in the long term. Yeah. And I guess in order and, and to address that situation, you know, there's two things. Number one, um, we see two major metropolitan cities right now that are becoming overrun with cats. Um, Recently, we have found out there are millions of cats on the street of New York because in the last three years, people, because of finances, have just left the cats on the street. In some case, they're kittens because they might have adopted a cat during COVID or two cats during COVID mm -hmm. when spay and neuter programs were not operating. So animals got pregnant and they couldn't care for them, so they put them on the street. So New York is really seeing a big problem with millions of cats on the street now and also Philadelphia. And Philadelphia has trapped, neuter, and release, or TNR. But it's really important, especially if you have an indoor cat, they don't need to go outside. You can buy or you can make a fun project on a Saturday or a weekend is to make a catio. That way your cat gets outside, mm -hmm. but he doesn't have the effect of decimating um, wildlife or other things that will happen. You know, the other other things that you can do as well is you know, create a fun environment, play with your cat more. Yeah. I mean, there are puzzle games, there are trees, your cat can look out of the window, you have to take an active interest in your cat and exercise him according to his natural instincts. But keeping your cat indoors is best not only for you, your health, your family, but also for the cats as well as your neighbors. Very, very important. It's a win-win. Yeah, it's a win-win. Let's, let's leave it at that. Before you go, 
and I thank you so much for being here. It was so exciting to have you here. Give us your website so we can learn more about the study. So if people want some cat advice, they can look at the study. Yeah. So uh, my personal website, which has information about not just my cat research, but all my urban wildlife research is www.herrerawildlife.com. That's H-E-R-R-E-R-A, wildlife. And if you want to hear more specifically about the DC cat count, which is where this paper came from, you can find that at hub.dccatcount.org. Great. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great having you and learning more about your study. Um, just to remind you all, that was Daniel Herrera, a PhD student in the University of Maryland's Department of Environmental Science and Technology. Herrera conducted a study about the importance of keeping cats indoors to limit disease for cats as well as humans. Uh, and we also have to include that is protecting the decimating wildlife population, the damage that cats can do. So keep your cats inside. Like Daniel said, it's a win-win for everyone. In this economy, loyalty can pet matter. Pet Money Matters with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. Many local pet stores have loyalty programs for frequent customers. If you found a store that you like and you find yourself visiting frequently, ask if there's a loyalty club that you can join. This will help you save money because you get rewards based on your purchases, such as discounted or free items once you spend a certain amount. Not only physical stores do this either. Many online stores often have a newsletter that contains promotions such as discount codes, sales, and even giveaways. Take a few minutes each month to review the store's newsletter for savings on pet food and other products. Ka-ching! I just kept more money in your wallet. Well, in our next segment, the I Likey of the Week, the Pet Buzz Mailbag, and our next guest, AKC Agility Director, Carrie DeYoung. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz. What if you could help turn back the clock and help your dog play like a puppy again, no matter their age? Introducing Dr. Marty Pet's Nature's Blend, a premium freeze-dried raw dog food called the Miracle Worker by Forbes magazine. Dr. Marty is now helping dog parents right at home. I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild. Nature's Blend is designed to support your dog's healthy lifespan with turkey, beef, salmon, duck, seeds, veggies, and fruit, and with zero artificial preservatives. When given the choice between Nature's Blend and Amazon's number one bestseller in dry dog food, 29 out of 30 dogs chose Nature's Blend first. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get free premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511. I am so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. Study available upon request. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm pet Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian, Dr. Michael Fleck. Let's kick off this segment with the I Likey of the Week. When buying products for your home, you also need to consider your pets. That's the way it has to be, because that's the way I 
It's genius. It's to die for. While there's more than snow on those winter sidewalks, harsh chemicals, ice melt, and rock salt can damage the pads of dogs' feet. For your own home, use a pet-friendly ice melt like Ready-Go Ice Melt. It contains no salts, chlorides, or harmful chemicals. It's safe if ingested. The product contains special traction minerals that instantly help prevent slip and falls while the product melts the ice. It's highly effective and long lasting. For more information about Ready Go Ice Melt, visit tellustrue.com. That's T E L L U S T R U.com. Mail call. Learn how to keep pet beds clean and dry after snowy or rainy dog walks. You've got mail. Okay, Adelaide writes to us from Northern Arizona, and she says, after a rainy or snowy dog walk, my pooch runs to her bed for warmth, but the uh, bed gets wet and stays wet due to her wet body. I don't think this is healthy for my girl, Charlotte, How can I rectify this predicament? Adelaide, thanks for writing. It's always best to dry your pet's complete body after she comes in from a walk in the rain or the snow. Keep a towel by the door. And when you're drying her, keep her on the leash so she doesn't escape. Dry your pets as thoroughly as possible, especially their underbelly and paws so you don't have your pooch laying in a wet pet bed. One strategy to keep pet beds dry and clean is to add a mat as an insert in a pet bed to avoid this problem or your problem. I like to use these fiber mats from IKEA. Now, they're about $18 because they're more absorbent than a traditional cotton towel and they're significantly more effective at picking up dirt and bacteria. They're super soft, they're 16 by 24 inches, and they're machine washable and dryer safe. You can find them at IKEA online or Amazon for less, like I said, than $19. Well, before a snowy dog walk or rainy walk, toss one in the dryer to warm up your dog's pet bed. Agility is one of the fastest growing dog sports in the country. It's incredible exercise for both you and your dog because it forges a deeper relationship between the two of you. Joining us today is the American Kennel Club Director of Agility, Carrie DeYoung. In her role, she continues to enhance AKC's agility program, as well as develop numerous new initiatives. Carrie will also manage the AKC Agility Invitational in Orlando, Florida. You know, Carrie, I'm going to ask the first question. Carrie, who can participate in agility? What breeds? Every breed. Um, Besides all of the purebred dogs that we have with the American Kennel Club, this sport is also open to all mixed breeds. So your favorite dog can compete. You know, one of the things I love to see about agility, you can see the largest of Great Danes and the smallest of Chihuahuas. And that's really exciting, huh? It absolutely is. And that's one of the great things about the invitational event that you've already mentioned. Keith, I think you had a question. Yeah. What are the basics? The basics, uh, as far as the sport itself, um, it's a timed obstacle course that the dogs need to run. Um, They have been pre-trained on the equipment, but what they haven't been pre-trained on is the course itself. The dogs don't know anything about the course until they get to the show, until they walk to the line with their handler. 
but they have practiced all the equipment, which includes A-frames, tunnels, jumps that they need to do. How much practice is that? Is I mean, is that every day they're out there? Like I go to the gym? That would be the ideal. But the majority of dogs go to class once a week. They okay. may have some homework they do at home without agility equipment because most of us don't have yards big enough to have a whole agility course in it. My yard, I can fit in two jumps and 12 weave poles, and that's it. Wow. Well, if you've just joined us, we're speaking with Carrie DeYoung, the AKC Director of Agility. Carrie, you know, since you mentioned that each course is unique, how do you communicate with your dog during the trial? Are you able to verbalize? Absolutely. You can talk to your dog all you want. Many of the dogs learn to identify the obstacles by word. Um, so you can tell them to go to a tunnel, go to the A-frame, and they know what that means. But the majority of the communication on course is body language. The dog reads the handler's body. They know where they're going, um, and that helps them then along their path on the course. So it's really a great relationship when you get a chance to watch a team running. So now I love taking my dog for walks and and probably the best I can do is to get him to go on a heel. Uh, if I was to move into something like this, how would I know if agility is right for me and, and my dog? Well, a dog that loves to play is usually a good place to start. Um, if your dog enjoys toys, likes to learn new things, um, I always tell people start with puppies by just teaching them tricks. Besides, of course, the basics, like you were talking about, heel, sit, stay down, those are all important. But a, a dog that likes to interact with you is very important to this sport, um, but it's also a great way to build that interaction. So starting with a young dog or even a rescue that it, you now have at home that is settled into your home with you. Um, but this dog, again, it's got a little bit of energy. It likes to play. It likes to be challenged. This is a great sport for those dogs. This could then be a way for dogs that might be a little too anxious at home so that when they come home, they're a little more relaxed? Well, certainly a way to work out their energy. Yes. Um, and yes, absolutely. It is a good way to, to make them tired. My dog goes to lessons once a week himself. And let me tell you, when we get home, he is ready to relax for the evening. I think it sounds like it's a great way to build confidence too for dogs. But I'm really curious. I think a lot of people will hear this and they might see it and see all the running around and they're going to wonder, am I fit enough to participate? So do humans have to worry about being fit enough? They really do not. I mean, you need to have mobility, um, but we do have handlers that run using crutches, using canes. We even have a few wheelchair handlers. Wow. Um, and the way they're able to do that, we were talking about the communication with the dog. Those handlers tend to rely a bit more on verbal skills. So their dog has real good skills at identifying obstacles. And it is fascinating to watch, you know, a handler that can't get everywhere, be able to still direct their dog correctly through the course. But that is, of course, built up incrementally. But absolutely, we've got handlers from, you know, our juniors at five, six years old, all the way up through their 90s um, with their dogs out on courses. Sounds like a, a nice activity for both the dog and the uh, the pet owner. Absolutely. It's a great opportunity for both of them to spend time together, do something mm -hmm. fun. But it's a great way to get out and both the owner and the dog socialize. For many people, the sport is also part of their personal communities. Um, they build great bonds with the other exhibitors that they see every weekend. 
So it has a lot of pluses, both physically and mentally for Mm -hmm. the dog and the handler. We need to take a commercial break and come back with Carrie DeYoung discussing how to get started in agility. Also, in our next segment, cold weather tips. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. You'd never knowingly feed your dog sawdust, but it's one of the most common fillers found in dog food today. Even the ones labeled healthy can contain powdered cellulose, otherwise known as wood pulp. I'm veterinarian Dr. Marty Goldstein. Your dog needs a biologically appropriate diet. That's why I developed Nature's Blend. She developed an aggressive cancer. She was put on pain meds just to help cope. She was limping through life and got very, very dopey from the pain medication. Nature's Blend is made in North America and is pantry safe. Not only did it pique her interest in wanting to eat again, but it started to give her some energy. After she eats, she gets very playful, has a lot of puppy moments, and she'll be 14 this summer. For a limited time, save 54% off Nature's Blend and receive a free pack of premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com love or text love to 511-511. I guarantee it with a 100% 90-day return of your purchase price. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text top to opt out. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and country. Well, we're back with Carrie Young, the AKC Director of Agility, discussing why agility is beneficial for your dog. So, Carrie, how do you get started? Well, that is sometimes the toughest part is just tracking down a class to go to. You need an instructor that knows what they're doing so that your dog is safely learning equipment. You know, the equipment looks like fun when you see it, but really you want to make sure your dog starts it safely. Um, We have uh, clubs that offer classes. Um, You can go to the AKC website. I'll get that address in a little bit and look up clubs in your area. There's also uh, private trainers out there that you can connect with. Um, So there's a variety of ways that you can get started with your dog. You know, before we uh, end our discussion, Carrie, talk about some of the other benefits of agility, uh, even including as canine activity in cold weather. It is wonderful way to keep your dog busy during the winter. Um, As we mentioned earlier, there are certain things that you can even practice at home. There are things you can practice in the house just to give your dog some things to do that you don't even need equipment for. And again, a good trainer can uh, help you as a handler figure out, you know, what you can do at home. During the winter, many classes obviously are held indoors. Um, They may be in cold, unheated buildings, but they are indoors. Um, But again, it's a great way to get your dog out when you've been locked in by snow or rain. Um, it's just a good thing to do during the winter. You know, I think it's a great way to meet new friends. I mean, you know, we've 
we still feel, I think, some of the isolation from COVID and, and, and just with the political cycle and everything that's going on in the country, inflation, price of food rising, it's a great way to have something positive in your life, to meet new people, uh, be part of the dog community as a whole. And depending how far you want to go, maybe you'll just be supportive of those folks who go on to competition and just get away for a weekend. So, uh, and I love the fact that you man- mentioned that it could be a cold weather activity for your dog. I mean, you don't have to necessarily go on to be top dog, but I think it seems really super fun. Um, But Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. Before you leave, can you give us that AKC website? Sure. It's www.akc.org. And just to remind you, that was Carrie DeYoung speaking about how you and your dog can get started in a new canine activity for the new year. Not only is the sport fun and you can make new friends, but it can also help enhance your bond with your dog. Imagine if your dog saved your life. Here's one man's story. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. Well, a man who fell through the ice on a frozen Michigan lake was rescued after a quick thinking state police officer used the stranded man's dog to get rescue equipment to him and pull the man to safety. Bystanders called 911 after the 65 year old Travis City man fell through the ice covered Artemis Lake, said state police. The body camera worn by Michigan State Police Officer Bennett's captured the rescue, initially showing the man trapped in frigid waters with just his shoulders and head above the thin ice, as well as his dog standing at his side. After the officer finds out the dog's name, he shouts, Ruby, come here, come here, Ruby. Bennett shouts in the video before whistling for the canine, which runs to him and arrives with a wagging tail. The officer ties the rescue disc to the dog's collar and asks the man to call Ruby back to him. When she returns to her owner, Bennett tells the man to take the disc from Ruby and to start cooking his legs. Eventually, he pulls the man onto the lake's icy surface, urging him to hold onto the disc as he keeps pulling the rope and dragging him onto safer ice near the lake's edge. Bennett's at a local fire firefighter are then able to grab his arms and complete the rescue with Ruby still attached to the rope. State police said the man was taken by ambulance to a hospital for treatment and later released. The agency cheered the rescue and posting on X, formerly known as Twitter, praising Ruby in particular. Now that's something good. Brr, baby, it's cold and or wet outside. And just like people, pets get cold and sick during the winter season. And that's why I wanted to share some of my winter weather tips to keep your pets warm, dry, and healthy this winter. Tip number one, protect your pet against the winter weather. Well, depending on where you live, it's important to have a diverse canine wardrobe. An insulated waterproof parka is appropriate for colder temperatures. A sweater and raincoat can keep your pup warm and dry for the rainy days. And if you're worried about the heating bills and your house is a little cooler, have your dog or cat wear a t-shirt in the home. Tip number two, never let your dog run off leash, especially near any body of water. Take care because you don't want your dog to fall through the ice and you don't want it to chase after your pooch and have it happen to you. 
Additionally, snow and lots of rain can confuse your pet from finding or sniffing his way home. Keep track of your pet with a GPS tracker like Tractive, a device which tracks your pet in real time. It's light and waterproof, available in small, large, and extra large sizes. For more information, visit TractiveGPS.com. Tip number three, protect your pet's paws. Use a pet-friendly ice melt like Ready-Go Ice Melt, which contains no salts, chlorides, or harmful chemicals. I already talked about Ready-Go Ice Melt as the I likey of the week in segment number three. Just so you know, boots or protective wax can also protect your dog's paws, but not all dogs like to wear boots. Also, after a walk in the rain or snow, always rinse off paws and dry them. If, despite your best efforts, your dog's paws get dry, cracked, or damaged, apply Wash Bar's Kanuka Plus Repair Paw Bomb. It's a special combination of essential oils blended with beeswax that forms into a bomb that helps soothe and moisturize paws. Wash Bar products contain Kanuka and or Manuka oils, both of which have antifungal and antibacterial properties. For more information about these products, visit Tell us true. That's T E L L U S T R U dot com and wash bar. That's W A S H B A R dot com. Tip number four groom pets during the winter months. Additionally, during the colder months, continue to groom your pets on a regular basis. Dirty and matted coats don't keep your pet warm. Use a pet, not human, wipe to clean dogs up after a daily walk, especially on a rainy or snowy day. It'll keep them comfortable and your house cleaner. Number five, prevent pets from laying in wet beds. Dry pets thoroughly after a romp in the snow or a walk. Microfiber mats like the Tuff Bow mat sold at Ikea absorb more water than cotton towels. They also are effective at picking up dirt and bacteria. For more information, visit Ikea.com. Tip number six, keep your pets healthy during the winter months. Vitality's 10-in-1 Multi-Well Chews for Dogs is an advanced multifunction blend for the overall health of your dog. This supplement helps support a healthy skin and coat, hip and joint health, digestive health, immune support, heart support, helps with cognitive health, boosts performance and mobility, as well as contains antioxidants to keep pets healthy throughout the year. Chicken flavored for palatability and veterinary approved. And if your dog seems to have a cold, Tevra Pets Canine Aspirin for Dogs provides fast acting temporary relief of pain and inflammation associated with joint issues, especially for dogs that suffer from mobility issues like arthritis. It also reduces fever and relieves minor aches and pains, whether in the cold or not. Tablets are liver-flavored chewable aspirin tablets. They are fast-acting and for short-term use only. For more information, visit tevrapet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A-P-E-T.com. And my last tip, tip number seven, keep pets busy in colder weather. Since long walks are not an option in cold or rainy weather, puzzle games, tug-of-war games, or fetch and agility can provide indoor exercise as well as mental stimulation during the winter season. Well, I hope these tips will help you and your pet implement them into your daily routine. And if you have any questions, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. Well, Keith, did you hear the bells? I sure did. It's a wrap. 
But before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. Next week, we're talking about February is Pet Dental Health Month. And of course, my favorite dog parade, which takes place next week, the crew of Barkus's Mardi Gras parade held in New Orleans. So I'm looking forward to hearing all about that and seeing the pictures. Alas... I don't think I can get there, but I never say never because I might fly in the same day and fly out the same day. But before we go, Keith, can you thank our guest? Absolutely. We want to say special thanks to our guest, Daniel Herrera and Carrie DeYoung. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And Dr. Marty's Nature's Blend Biological Balanced Nutrition, improving pet health seven days a week for 52 weeks of the year. If you have a question, be sure to write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com and we will cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese... And guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.